0: take some notes, and get ready to see your life in bank account transform. Hello, everyone. Happy February. Welcome back to another episode of the Ambitious Coach Podcast. Today's interview was one of my favorites so far. I interviewed someone I really look up to in the industry, Nikki Nash. She is a business mentor, author, podcaster, and so much more. In this episode, I asked her questions around how to double your income, what's trending on social media right now, When do you know how to increase your pricing, how to DM without being salesy, and so, so much more? In case you don't know who Nikki is, Nikki Nash is a Hay House author, motivational speaker, podcast host, and client enrollment expert. She's referred to as the marketing genius by clients and peers. Nikki uses her 15-plus years of experience to help service-based businesses attract and retain their dream clients. Nikki's methodologies and frameworks have helped clients fill group programs, triple their income double their profits, and so, so much more. She believes that entrepreneurship can be a vehicle for generational wealth and strives to help close the gender and racial wealth gap in America. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Enjoy. I am so honored. I have the legendary Nikki Nash on today. She is a business
1: mentor. So welcome to the podcast, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited for our conversation today. Yay. So Nikki,
0: i love to just start my podcast episodes with guests with just tell me a little bit about you and what you're all about. And obviously you're an author, you have a podcast, like make sure you're bragging. I want, I want to, I want to see all the things because I know you have so many accomplishments. So don't be afraid to tell everybody how legendary you are.
1: Yeah, I, I'm just a girl. <laughs> no i in Jersey, um, <laughs> but uh, I I am someone who honestly fell into marketing and growing up, I wanted to be an actress and I thought I was going to be someone who could just uh, tell stories through characters. Um, And it's funny because in a way I still, I tell stories all the time, Um, but it's just the modality is different. And ultimately before I even knew that there were such things as mindset coaching and all that jazz, because this is a while ago, it existed. I just didn't know about it. Um, My mindset really knocked me out of the game. And so I thought I was going to be a journalist. Mindset knocked me out of the game. Uh, Met some marketing folks at InStyle Magazine and was like, oh my gosh, I love these business people and fell into marketing. And so I I worked um, for a number of big brands uh, before I went into entrepreneurship. So I was at InStyle Magazine, Travel and Leisure Magazine. I worked at an ad agency and Kraft Foods was my client. Um, Then I went back to school to get my MBA interned at Coca-Cola and then netted out at Intel. And it was really at Intel where I was able to enter the beautiful world of content marketing. And I worked with a lot of influencers to um, talk about building brands and and using tech. Um, I worked uh, with teams to build social media platforms for Intel. So I started their Instagram account. I started their Pinterest account, um, did some cool things there. But ultimately found out that ovarian cancer ran in my family because my aunt was diagnosed um, and that was my mom's sister and their mom had ovarian cancer and passed away because of it. Um, The like, very close to when I was born. Like my mom didn't get to say goodbye to her mom because she was in the hospital with me and my mom was in a different, or her mom was in a different hospital. So it's just like one of those things where I'm like, oh my God. Um, And my mom tested positive for the gene, um, for the BRCA2 gene. And I was just like, you know what? I don't want to spend my life in a cubicle. And I was living on the West coast. My whole family was on the East coast. I'm like, I want to move back. And so I ended up taking a job as head of marketing at a tech startup. And my side hustle, which is really what led me into what I do now, my side hustle was teaching marketing to entrepreneurs. And I literally just did it because I'm like, I like teaching and that'll be fun. And I had done these um, lunch and learns when I was at Intel called Getting Social with Nikki, where I would teach employees social media. <laughs> I so, love that. Right? It was like so
0: Please tell fun. me you have a program now called Getting Social with Nikki. No, if you don't, you great. should.
1: I was literally like, oh, imagine if that was a podcast back then. I have a podcast, but I might start a different one where I just talk social media called Getting Social with Nikki. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe it'll be something else but like social hour or something yeah. but it was just fun and um i started teaching entrepreneurs and i realized what a huge need there was for entrepreneurs to truly understand marketing and marketing principles and to have a strategy and a game plan that works for their capacity as a business owner and their resources and things like that and so i started a business and um i started it uh, i went into it full time about 8 years a little over 8 years ago and i was doing it part time before that. Um, not even realizing that it was a real business. It was just that I would teach and then people would want my help. And then I was like, all right, I'm make up a way for, <laughs> for you to hire me. <laughs> I just kind of made stuff up. Um, but then I kind of morphed into uh, really helping people uh, attract the dream clients, retain those clients, um, and, and really build a business that was sustainable, that could grow, that could um, really ultimately become a legacy business. And that's what I've been doing for Uh, years now, um, working with coaching, uh, primarily coaching and online education businesses that are doing, you know, on the highest end, usually around $50 million down to people who are like, I am trying to make my first dollar. So I've helped everybody in between um, through whether my coaching and consulting services, through my book, which is called Market Your Genius, um, or the podcast with the same name. What do you think the big difference
0: is between somebody who's like just starting and somebody who's like, at that seven or like eight figure mark, like mindset wise, like what do you think? What do you think is the big difference there?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing, and these are my words, yeah. <laughs> but I say that it's like delusional belief. Um, like you just have to believe that people will buy what you're doing. Um, it, and the reason why I say that's the biggest difference is because um either delusional belief or like pure um no qualms about promoting and sales because uh, when I go into some of these large scale businesses, they're actually challenged with a lot like some of the same stuff that like people who are doing less than a hundred thousand dollars are doing. Like there's certain things that are just problematic, but I would say that the ones that get their business to multiple six figures, seven figures, eight figures, they're just out there selling and kind of just consistently, selling and consistently marketing. And, and whereas people who don't get there typically um, either start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, or they change their strategy and their pathway so frequently that they're zigzagging a lot, but they're, they think they're moving, but they're really moving, you know, back and forth, back and forth, and maybe getting like a millimeter further ahead than where they were, but they've exhausted a lot of energy.
0: Oh, I feel like that's so true. And I love that. Like I actually really prefer to work with people that are like, I want, I really want to hit, you know, six or seven figures fast because I'm like, if you have that belief, you are more than most people. Like you're gonna get there faster because they some people just don't even have that. They're like, I don't even know if I can get my first client. Right. And you're just like, but no, if you actually think you can do this and like you know it and you have the vision, then like you're halfway there. And like that, those are the people to me where I'm like, yes. Um, so I'd love for you though when, because because I know a lot of people that are listening to this are kind of new, or I have been doing this now for a few years, maybe they've had their first few clients, but like, maybe they haven't really believed that they can charge high ticket. Like, and that's like, maybe, I don't know, everyone has like, I guess, a different opinion on like what that even means. But like, I want to charge more, but like, I'm a, af- I'm really afraid to kind of like raise my prices and get to that next level. Like, what would you be like, what would be some, some things that you would say to her right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, the first thing I would say is that there are people selling coaching packages in pretty much every industry at every price point. So, like, you are someone could be selling what you do for a hundred dollars or like twenty five dollars, and there's somebody who's selling what you do for a hundred thousand dollars a client, right? Like, so the the range is there, um, and oftentimes people are like, oh, well, I need um, all these things or all these certifications or all this stuff um, to be able to charge higher prices, and to me, it's the only reason someone will buy something and pay money for is because outside of the fact that they need or want it um, is that they perceive it to be more valuable than what you're charging, right? And so if nobody's going to spend a $1,000 on something that they think costs a $100 or that they think is worth a $100, that literally makes no sense unless they believe it's going to at some point be worth a million dollars. And even then they still believe that it's worth more, right? It may not be worth that today, right? Like I, some people may overpay for a home because they believe the price of the home is going to go up, but they, if they don't have that belief, they're not going to do it unless like they're somewhat desperate. Right. Um, And so I think the first thing is to understand truly who your audience is and understand what value you can bring to them and what they perceive that value to be worth. Because um, oftentimes people are pricing based off of their value that they see in themselves or their perception of what their audience sees as valuable. Right. And neither one of them are actually what you need to be pricing based off of. It needs to be on what your target audience will actually see as valuable. And sometimes you need to explain to them why it's so valuable. Sometimes they don't know it off the off the bat. Um, so that's the first thing I would say. Um, I have some other things I would say to someone that's not not charging enough. But the first thing I would just let them know is that there are people charging all sorts of pricing. So if you're going to tell me nobody's going to pay that, then um, I'm going to call BS on that because people are paying all sorts of things mm-hmm. for, uh, at all sorts of prices. Yeah, to
0: get all their problems solved. People pay all kinds of money. Oh, I feel mm-hmm. you so hard on that. I would love to hear your perspective on like the must haves that coaches need to double their business like to get more clients like those li- like clients for life.
1: Yeah. So there's it's uh, I have two separate answers for that because um to double your business uh typically what people look at um which is fascinating to me people look at the front end so they're they're thinking okay let's say I'm I'm going to use easy math Myself right now, let's say they're making fifty thousand dollars and they're charging um a thousand dollars a client, right? So they have 50 clients and uh, nobody hopefully nobody's doing this because that's a lot of clients and a lot like for a lot of clients one-on-one. in a month for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like at least a month, but let's just yeah. pretend they're charging a thousand dollars a client for one-on-one work. Yeah. Um, please don't do that, but just for math purposes, um, and they are making fifty thousand dollars, which means they have 50 clients. Most people will go, oh my gosh. I need another 50 clients to double my business because that's math. You just double it, right? Mm -hmm. But what most people don't realize is that you can have the clients you already have buy more things or pay more. Like if you increase the average spend um, that your client's are spending with you, like the mm-hmm. their average lifetime value, their customer lifetime value. If you can increase that, then you don't need more clients to double your business. Mm-hmm. You can actually do it through either client retention or um, repeat purchases, things along those lines. So yeah. that's like the first thing that I like people to even just realize is that doubling your business doesn't mean you have to double um, your client base. It just means you need. some variation of maybe you need more clients, but maybe you just need the clients you have to spend more money with you. Or maybe you need clients that have left to come back. Like there's so many avenues that people forget about, um, that I just want to put out there for people to consider. Um, so that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing I would say is that you have to simplify what it is that you're doing. Any like, if you want to multiply your business You have to multiply something that's simple. If you have complexity, it is going to be really hard to multiply. So that means like having one audience that you're going after, really having ideally one offer that you're going to use to um, get the multiplication of money coming from so that you're focused on, hey, I want to grow this thing. Um, Having uh, one marketing strategy and game plan to get the clients from hey i'm hearing about you to buying um or hey i've already bought from you i'm looking to buy again like the m- most simplistic pathway <laughs> um is the best pathway for doubling your business and so when i work with clients on this a lot half the time i'm like um what you've got is too complicated you have way too many offers um there's a client i'm thinking of in particular she <laughs> I love her to death and she knows this, but she came and she's like, here are my offers. And it was like a page of a million offers. And I was like, half of these are variations of the same thing. I'm like, why don't you just offer one thing? I was like, you can offer one thing. Um, Maybe there's just like, uh, you have in your mind things that you can cut out if people either don't need it or they want to pay less. And it's really kind of like the junior version of the one thing, but like like sell one thing, sell it over and over and over again, offer it to people and increase your pricing for it. And when she did that, she, I think within, let's see. So seven, oh my gosh, this is going to be math for me. Uh, I think within uh, four weeks, if not six weeks, she brought in like somewhere around $40,000. And then she brought in she brought in cash collected around $40,000 and she had people like pre booking and scheduling for stuff in the new year. Cause this was um, at the tail end of, of last year. And so she's like, already messaging how she's like more than quadrupled her investment, but like she moved really quickly. And what allowed her to move really quickly is that she was really clear on the one person she was speaking to, and she was only selling them one thing. And then she just did that over and she had one pathway to do it. And she just kept doing it over and over and over and over again. And every sales call that she had, she just offered this thing. Um, She offered uh, half of pricing And is confidence, to be honest, (laughs) when you're selling a service, like how does one value it? It's let's be real. I made up my pricing when I started, but I confidently said it. And if you say it with any hesitation or with any doubt in your mind, the person, whether they know it or not, is going to pick up on that. And they're going to be like, "Mm, might not be worth it. I tell my clients like on
0: a sales call, when you're like at that point where you're sharing the price, like, don't go like it's $5,000. Like, don't like, you know. People can really pick up on that when you're really not confident on that. How do like? I would love for you to give me perspective on that too. Of like, how can somebody get so confident in that price or the price tag? Like they know, like they they're worth it, but like they're still it's still hard to say it out loud.
1: Yeah, I mean, the first thing I would do is practice saying it over and over and over again. Yeah, even if you have to do mock calls with your coach or a friend, but get used to saying the number so that the number means nothing to you. Because the reality is, is that the number doesn't actually mean anything. Like the numbers are numbers. They're inanimate. Like they don't, numbers don't have feelings. Um, At least to my knowledge, they're just a number. You have feelings about the number. And so if you can get used to saying, you know, my very first package ever as a coach was three grand for three months. It was $1,000 a month. And um, what's hilarious is that I was in a coaching program that uh, at the time, their recommended, um, like what they recommended new coaches charge, I believe was $500 a month and charge $1,500. Luckily, I started selling before I got their recommended price point because I had already sold three grand. So I was like, well, I'm not going to go down to 1,500. Like I've already sold it. Right. So the first thing is um, what helps build the confidence is saying the number builds even more confidence when you say it confidently and somebody says, yes, Builds it even more when someone says yes and then you see the value that you delivered and you're like, oh, my God, that was worth way more. (laughs) Like nothing has you Mm -hmm. um, increase your prices faster than feeling like you undercharged Um, when I like it it moves you really quickly, really quickly. (laughs) Do you feel like that's like one of the common
0: pitfalls is like people just saying a number that they feel comfortable with instead of like actually charging what they they really want to be charging?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there are pros and cons to charging something that you can comfortably say, because if you can't confidently and comfortably say the number that you want, Mm -hmm. you're probably not going to get the sale. And you might have in that instance, if you're cash flow strapped, been Mm -hmm. better off saying the number that you could say. Mm -hmm. Right. So like there's pros and cons to it, which is why I would recommend if you want to charge a certain amount, get used to saying it Mm -hmm. like it's nothing. Right. Because five thousand dollars to one person could feel like five dollars to another, right? Yeah. You know, so it's mm-hmm. really just that. Sometimes people will say numbers to me, and I'm like, ah, no problem. Whereas another person could literally hear that number and be like, what? Like that's how much they're charged. I'm like, it's really not a big deal. It's like I yeah. paid way more than that. For something I was actually <laughs> expecting it to be more, right? Like so, it's all oh yeah perspective. And yeah. so, what I really encourage people to do is get used to and confident selling, uh, saying the number, but then also like. Um, I have this exercise that I tell people to do in my book. It's called the um, effing fabulous list. I wasn't uh, sure if I can curse or not. So you guys can fill in the letters. Um, (laughs) But it's literally like you write a list as to why you're effing fabulous Mm -hmm. and do it in the um, like you can do it in general, but I like to do it. Um, Before a sales call, like I will have clients write why they're effing fabulous, why their program's effing fabulous, why it's a no brainer for people to join it, why everybody should join it. Like, hype yourself up and then go into that meeting. Because if you show up, like, listen, like, this is honestly a no brainer because. Not only are you getting these things, but the potential result from this is X, Y, and Z. And the more you see the results that people are getting in your program, the easier it's going to be for you to, one, increase your pricing, but two, um, confidently share with people why the investment is so much worth it, right? Mm -hmm. It's so worth it. Like, I have a program right now um, that's just, like, mathematically, let's, uh, the math is it's $2,500 dollars. 2,500. Yeah, that's right. Um, Which (laughs) I was like, let me say the right number here. It's $2,500. But the whole point of the program is to help people to get six. That is a ridiculous, that's the lowest I've offered for anything with that type of result. Like that's to me a no brainer. It's like, if you don't believe you can get to six figures doing this program at 2,500, then like, you're not my person where other people are like, Oh, I was expecting like, you know, a lot more, but it's like, we're doing a, it's a limited experiment that we're doing, but like, you have to feel confident saying 2,500 saying 2,500 to somebody else listening to this might be like, I don't know if I could ask somebody for $2,500. Um, I have other that are like, ah, you should be asking for $2,500 a month, right? Like, and I do both in different Mm -hmm. instances, but you have to be really confident that what you're doing is going to be valuable to people and really comfortable saying the number. And so I'm actually a believer of until you're comfortable with a number, don't say it because you're just going to sound kind of weak (laughs) and nobody wants to hire someone that doesn't believe in their own number, Mm -hmm. truthfully.
0: I'm taking a quick break in this episode to let you know that Social Selling 101 will be open for enrollment starting this Friday, February 9th. This is my absolute favorite program. It is a six-week group business coaching program that does include my course, Social Selling 101. This course includes six modules that will teach you how to navigate Instagram like a pro so that you can convert your followers into paying clients. This is perfect for somebody right now who's maybe just starting your business or has been in business for about a couple years, but you're still not exactly where you want to be yet. Each of these modules are pure gold when it comes to learning the ins and outs of selling on social media. I'll teach you how to get more followers, everything you need to know about how to create highly converting content, how to create sales posts, what to post in your stories every day to get people messaging you, and so, so much more. So go check out the sales page to get a full breakdown of what's included in each module. And right now, the wait list is currently open until the end of day, Thursday, February 8th. There are huge incentives to join the waitlist for this round. So you'll receive five full days of one-on-one boxer coaching with me, and you'll get free access to my upcoming paid masterclass on how to make big money in the DMs. So click the link in my show notes if you want to learn more about what's included. Okay, let's get back to this week's episode. And you're so right. Like all the times that like I'm like, I'm going to say this number today. And like, I knew in my soul, like I wasn't aligned with it. And I was like, oh. and every time I didn't close or whatever, but when I started saying the number that I felt really, really good with, and I got a few clients there, and then I was slowly able to raise my prices that felt better and better and better. Like, I just obviously made more money, but like, I just felt so much more comfortable saying that, but like more confident realistically in my coaching abilities. So the more confident I was in my abilities, the more I, w- I felt really good asking for more money.
1: Yeah. I mean, the first client that I had that was already doing like 40 million dollars in a coaching business, I have never made 40 million dollars in a coaching business in a year, right? Like that just hasn't happened. But then I have somebody who wants to hire me to help them with their business. Now they're hiring me for a skill that I am really confident in. But when I first started working with them, um, I definitely undercharged. I mean, I charged a lot. It mm-hmm. was a like multiple five figure, yeah, like high, high investment. Yeah. But um, I overcompensated by throwing a lot in there because I wanted them to feel like I w- they were going to say yes, right? Then I got in there and was doing the work and I was like, whoa, you guys need way more help. You guys don't have your stuff together. I actually can help you a lot. And so the next time I worked with that client, like the pricing like, pretty much doubled in terms of what I was asking for, which gave them a little sticker shock at first because they were like, well, the first thing wasn't this much. And I'm like, yeah, but I actually over-delivered on that because I came into the business thinking that certain things were already in order and they just weren't. So mm-hmm. we got to like, now knowing what I'm dealing with, it's actually going to be mm-hmm. this. And they're like, I'm with you, I get it. Um, but I say that to say, I had to build my confidence mm-hmm. delivering on what I first said. And the first number was a number I felt comfortable with. Now, halfway through the project, I was like, that was undercharging and I need to charge way more and I no longer felt good about it. But if I said a number I didn't feel good about at the beginning, it probably wouldn't have happened in the first place.
0: Yeah. I feel you really hard on that. I think so many people listening to this, like really can resonate of like, because I'm one of those people, I'm like, what is the first number that you just feel really good about? Because like, I just know for a fact, like when you're energetically, I'm all about energetic. So like energetically, if you don't feel good, they're going to feel that subconsciously, somewhere down, you're going to sabotage it somehow. And I just, I don't know, I'm all about that energy. Um, But I'd love for you, like because you're so into like marketing your
1: genius, I'd love for you to kind of explain what that means to you. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I've noticed when I first started um, working specifically with coaches is that what will often happen is there's a lot of people that will say like, this is the way to grow your business, right? Somebody will tell you, you have to do webinars. Somebody else will tell you to live launch. Another person will tell you to do podcast guesting. Another person will tell you to start your own podcast. And there's like a million different tactics to growing your business and acquiring clients. But for me, Marketing your genius is twofold. It's one, um, marketing what you are uniquely best at. Like the thing Mm. that you're like, hey, I can help people do X, Y, Z, no problem. Like if somebody wants to build their coaching business this way or whatever, like I'm their person, right? So that's part of marketing your genius. It's like what what you're marketing, right? It has to be your genius, right? Whatever your genius Mm. is. But the other piece of it is marketing it in a way that is leveraging the skills that you have, right? I am very great at speaking. My business partner will laugh because we will I have a business partner for one of the things I do. And she's like, you'll be in a meeting and somebody will say something and want an answer. And you're just really quick. Like I, I may be making the answer up on the spot. It will be my truthful answer, but I can answer it without like, as if it were my truth for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is what we're going to do as if we've done this a million times, but it's because right then in that moment, I'm like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. I'm very clear on it. So I know that I can speak on stages. I know that I can be a guest on podcasts. I know I can do that sort of thing because I'm comfortable with it and I'm good at it. Now writing short form content, like Instagram captions and posts, not something I'm skillful at because I, as my, um, Business partner will say now that we're both thorough instead of saying we're long winded. Right. So, like, (laughs) I could write a book. I wrote a book. No problem. You asked me to write 50,000 words. I got you. You want me to write 500 words? I'm like, "Mm, I'm struggling. Or like 50 words? I'm like, what? I need more. Mm -hmm. So, it's like knowing what you're good at and leaning into that and incorporating that into your business model. Some people, even though webinars work, may not be the best to deliver a webinar. They may be monotoned. They may be boring AF. Their audience may not give a rat's behind about what they're saying to sit through a webinar. So therefore, a webinar strategy might not work for them. So it's like, know what you're good at Mm -hmm. and lean into that. Um, Because, you know, I've seen too many people go, well, so-and-so made a million dollars doing this, so I'm going to do that. But it's Mm -hmm. like, They have different skill sets. They have different resources. They have all this stuff, which is why it worked for them and love you, but you are not the greatest speaker. And you could either spend all of your energy and effort becoming a better speaker, Mm -hmm. or if you're a phenomenal writer, you could Mm -hmm. just lean into writing and write a book and use that to market, right? Like So Mm -hmm. There's um, my thing is figure out what you are good at in, in the realm of marketing and lean into that.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. Like I try to make my clients try new things. Cause I'm like, you don't actually even know if you're good at it yet. Like you've never tried the live, yeah. try the live. You, you might be like pleasantly surprised that you're actually pretty good at this and it excites you. And like, I don't know, I get off live sometimes. And I'm like, God, I can do anything right now. If I can go live on Instagram, I can do anything. And I'm like, I, I always like, I, I literally just got a message from my client, one of my clients right before this. And she said that she's like, I feel so good right now. And I, I this is like a new feeling I've never had before. And I'm like, you just tried something new and you realize that you weren't that bad. Like, and I think so yeah. many people are just so afraid to try some new things, but I also totally agree with you of like, what are you already good at? Like really lean into that, but also like be willing to try something because you might actually be pretty good at it. You
1: just yeah. I it mean, up. I am all for trying new things. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And I'm like the fastest path to cash is typically <laughs> like, cause when people are, um, I've worked with new folks that are just like, I am cash flow strapped. I may be like, I quit my job without a plan. I don't necessarily recommend everybody quit their job without a plan. I've done it twice. Um, (laughs) I did it twice. Um, The second time to be an entrepreneur, the first time to be an entrepreneur, but I never became one. Um, But I freaked out about money. And when people are in that kind of like flight or fright, fright you know what I mean? Flight or flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was like, I can't think of, I can't speak today for some reason. Um, But when you're in that state trying new things, might not actually, you might not be in the space to be open and free to try new things. Cause you're like, I got to pay my bills tomorrow. So I'm like, if you're good at picking up the phone and talking to people, then pick up the phone and talk to people and do that, make some money. And then let's explore some other things that are more scalable or that you're also good at. Um, so I, I'm hundred percent with you on that. Mm-hmm. People try new things, but then also don't forget what you're good at and do that over and over again to quickly bring in some cash. Yeah. What's working
0: right now? Like you've obviously been like on social media, you've written a book, you have a podcast. Like what are you seeing that's really working for, like even just coaches, if you wanted to skip particular?
1: Yeah, so um, what I'm seeing that's working really well uh, in the coaching industry is interesting. So um, there's a trend going on right now uh, on Instagram and TikTok where it's like um, doing, essentially, I'm just gonna use Reels Uh, or Instagram terminology for this, but it's like doing reels and like putting like something that's eye-catching in text on the video and then putting read my comments and then telling a longer story in the comments. Um, People are doing a lot of that to get folks into their DMs. DM conversations tend to be working really well right now. And I think the reason why reels and stuff like that are working right now is because people have a short attention span when they're on those platforms. And so if it's just like, oh my gosh, you said something amazing. I want that free guide or I want more information. I just have to DM you really quickly. And then I get inside a chat bot that like gives me all this stuff and leads me down a funnel. Cool, that works. The other thing that works on the complete I almost want to say opposite end of the yeah. spectrum. So if one is like really short attention span, quick get gratification. The other thing that I see still working really well is um, when you have somebody's undivided attention through either a podcast or like when they're on an event near speaking mm-hmm. and, and those things tend to really work as well. Um, so those are some of the things that are working. Um, I think the reason why they're working is probably more important than the fact that they're working and I think the reason why is because it with the short form content, you're really forced to go, what is something that somebody who has three seconds to pay attention to me? Because that's all I have. You probably have less. Um, what can I say to get their attention right now? And so like really honing into that makes forces you to know your ideal client really, really well. Um, it also, because reels come and go, it allows you to test a lot of those theories a lot. So if you're doing a reel a day or three a day or something like that and you're constantly putting like hooks in the text, you're figuring out what's resonating with people and then you can run with that. Um, so I think that's that works well. I think the reason long form content works well is because people still ultimately want to get to know you and get your vibe before they make a buying decision. And so you're able to expedite that through... Like listening to someone speak for thirty minutes or um listen to a bunch of podcast episodes or something along those lines. And so, um, it's ultimately knowing your audience really well and then building a relationship with them, talking about what they want to talk about or or know about. um, I think are the reasons why these things are working, which means insert, like, if you don't want to do reels or podcast guesting, insert those tips mm-hmm. into uh, what you are doing because, that's what's going to work. Um, I don't want people to abandon their current strategy for something else. Um, really, just understand why those things are working and implement it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, are a lot of what I teach in my program. So hopefully, a lot of people that are listening. Are, like, totally, be like, all right, I feel you on this. Like, Allison ta- talks to me about DMing. Allison talks to me about short form reels. I and webinars and doing podcasts. If that's a thing too, like long form content, like. I definitely use DMing for my business. I think a lot of people have this fear around DMing. I'd love to hear and maybe have you can just shi- shine some light on how you're utilizing it for your business or how you're teaching people to use it. Cause I'm all about having conversations with real people because I know that people is what's act like, it's, you know, people are going to buy me, like buy my programs. No. Um, so, like, we, I, when people try to be like, well, I don't want to DM anybody, I'm kind of scared to do the DMing thing. I'm like, I know they're a little afraid. So I'd love to just have you kind of shine some light on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I am biased because I love DMing, but it's probably because I hate email and I leave voice memos. So me I, I yes. I'm like, please do not send me an email. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I hate it. I hate responding to it. It is not my jam, yeah. Um, but I love voice memoing people. So I use a hybrid of automated and and personal dming. The automated is usually when somebody like I'm posting something and they want a free guide or something and so I can have them dm something in the comments and then it's automatically sent to them. But then I carve out time on my calendar to literally go through all my dms and respond to people or reach out to people or all this stuff. And one of the things that's blows my mind is when I I message someone and I leave a voice memo because they hear my voice and they know it's me and then they're like, "Oh my gosh, Nikki, thank you so much for taking the time to connect with me. And they're just so amazed and blown away. And they're like, I can't wait to be in your programs or this, that, and the other, because they feel like that personal connection. Now, while I would love to say that I did it initially for personal connection, that would make me sound really smart. I did it initially because I am an external processor and I do better... Just so speaking, like if I have to sit there and type it out, I'm going to think too much about my words or overanalyze it, mm-hmm. or I might do a spelling mistake. Um, it's why when I, if anybody does get texts from me, it's usually voice text. Mm. <laughs> it's like I ask Siri to send something or um, I text something uh, voice to text because again, I'm a talker um, or external processor. So I leave voice memos, but it makes things personable. People feel more connected to you. And when they know that you're personally reaching out to them or personally connecting with them, they're like, wow, you care. You're taking time out of your schedule. And so I'm a fan of DMing, um, but I'm a fan of DMing people keeping in mind that you're trying to build a relationship, not for something that you're selling down someone's throat. Because I've, I've been on the other side of DMing where people are like, hey, um, buy my thing. You're going to love it. And I'm literally like, you've never said anything to me before, how do you know I'm going to love it? Like that stuff just pisses me off personally. So it probably pisses other people off. Um, So if you are DMing people and and like, whether because they reached out to you first or because you're doing some form of outreach, um, make sure that it's coming from a place of like, I'm trying to understand and get to know you as a human in the event that something I offer or someone I know could be of service to you. And I think that's just a stronger place to come from.
0: Mm. I totally resonate. I use like permission-based marketing of like, before you send links or even ask sometimes if they want more information of like, but do you need this? Like, I always tell my clients be- before I even ask to get somebody on a call, do they actually need and want my help? And once I've kind of checked those boxes, then I'm like, hey, I think the next step would f- be for us to get on a call. Would you like the link? to s-? I don't just drop links. I'm not somebody is like, I'm like, and every time I see that in a DM, I don't, I, I'm definitely not. Clicking on links, especially nowadays with all the spam that's out there, like don't click on links that are sent to you in a DM anymore, everyone. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like not a big fan of any of that sort of stuff. Um, and I've even had conversations with my clients today, just about, like having more of, like more of it be uh, about you asking questions. Tell me more about this. Let's explore this a little bit more instead of it just being like, let's just jump, jump on a call. Like, no, actually, know if they if they're actually a good fit for your program before you even get on a call because you know, nowadays we don't have a ton of time to be just jumping on random calls. Like we, I don't, for me, it's like, I just don't, I don't have that time anymore. So I can do a lot of the, the, like actually seeing if they're a quality lead in just having a DM conversation or voice memos going back and forth for even a couple of days or even a few weeks. Um. So I don't know, I love your perspective on that too, of like, kind of like people just kind of jump in the gun there and being like,
1: yeah, let's just get on a call. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, understanding kind of of where people are coming from. Oftentimes people feel they're nervous about sales or they don't want to seem salesy. So they're thinking, let's just have like, let me just get on the phone with people and then we'll have this friendship call. And then you, in that call, we'll try to, your intention is sales. Their intention or thinking is that you want a friend call and then it's just mismatched. It doesn't go. It's kind of like going on a date with someone and you think you're going on a date to see if you're great romantic fit and they think they're going to get laid. Like it's not a great... Um, exchange, like somebody ends up pissed off. Um, And so the more that you can um, be like, remember that you're just building relationships with people. That's all marketing is, is just building relationships and then um, inviting people to things that you feel are right for them. To me, it's no different than um, inviting someone to the movies because you know what type of movies they like, or you've asked them a bunch of questions about movies they like, and then you provide a recommendation. It's like, I'm going to get a sense of where you are in this area of life that I help people with. And if I believe I can help you and that you really want help, I'm going to invite you to get help. Right. I'm going to invite you to work with me. Um, but if not, then I'm going to say, cool. Like it was great getting to know you and maybe we can stay friends. Right. Mm Um, so it's, it's being, really clear that you have to get to know someone and it has to feel like a win-win before you make a recommendation to get on the phone with you. And if you're just getting on the phone with people, you're going to feel like, oh, I've done all these calls and it hasn't gotten me anywhere. Right. And they're going to feel like, well, this person really just wanted to sell me, but they, they made it seem like they just wanted to get on the phone and it never feels good. So it's like, Mm -hmm. not to say like, treat people how you want to be treated, but like literally think, think about what it's going to feel like on the, from the other person's shoes before you take action. And I think sometimes people are so um, excited about what they're selling or maybe desperate to bring on a client that all logic goes out the window. But if you literally are just thinking of this as building a relationship and getting to understand someone and having them uh, share with you what they're looking for and you share with them um, what your intentions are, like, hey, um, I just wanted to chat with you to see if uh, I can help you and if not me, uh, so if there's someone I know that would actually be a better fit, like that's an honest conversation. Then I know what we're doing. If you're like, hey, I, I want to take you out to a nice dinner. But in the back of your head, you're like, hey, I really want to come over to your apartment and hook up with you. Those aren't the same thing. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like you have to be on the same page with people. You have to be transparent and honest. And you have to come from a place of curiosity and wanting to get to know someone.
0: Yeah. Like I always tell people, I'm like, make it make so that it's clear, like what this is, what we'll be talking about on this call, like. And it actually is like we're gonna talk about working together, not not anything else, like no free tips. I'll give you some guidance. I'll give you some. It's like, no, 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 we're talking about working together. And that's that. Uh, so I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective. I just love that. I don't know. Any last words of wisdom from you, Nikki?
1: Um, I think my last words of wisdom are really to um where when you're in what I call like the first stage of business, which is like you're doing under six figures, you're doing like under a hundred thousand dollars a year. Like the only thing that I want you to worry about is revenue generating activities and really ask yourself, am I doing, is this thing going to directly generate revenue or really be very close to directly generating revenue? I think so often I speak to business owners that, I don't know what the heck they're doing. I ask that they're like, I'm so busy. And I'm like, what are you busy doing? Like literally the only thing you should be doing is marketing, sales, and delivery. Like you should be <laughs> speaking, like getting connected with a bunch of people, determining if they're a good fit for you, getting on a sales call, and then delivering when they, if and when they say yes, that's it. And if you're doing anything else, it's honestly distracting you. From growing your business. And because, like, I feel personally passionate about this because uh, 88.1% of female-owned businesses make under $100,000 a year. And a little over 80% of female-owned businesses make under $50,000 a year, which means the few that are doing between fifty dollars and $100,000 a year, are there's not even that many doing that. And I believe that women, especially women coaches, are in this business primarily because they want to help someone, because they went through something or they know something or they got trained in something and they know it's going to help people. And so... If if you are out to make an impact in the world, then to make an impact, you have to not only cover your lifestyle so that you can live, but then make more so that you can invest back in the business to reach more people. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you're making way more than a hundred thousand dollars, but like stage one is getting past that mark. And so, uh, what I, my, I guess my final words are focus on marketing, (laughs) sales, delivery, and treat people how you want to be treated. And if you can show up, um, that way, then you'll get pretty far.
0: Oh, so good. Thank you so, so much. Uh, well, tell everybody, how can they work with you? Like, I don't give give me all the, all the things, where can they find you?
1: Yeah. So I am, um, the two best places to go are probably Instagram. I'm at Nikki Nash official. Um, so I'll give you the links to that for the show notes. And then I also just have a free blueprint that I like to give people on how to build, um, a profitable coaching business that just kind of walks through some of my, um, methodologies from a marketing perspective it's heavily like marketing um but also just uh, also just philosophy like how to think about things um and so I'd love to give that to folks just because it's a fun read um and it's just on my website nikkinash.co forward slash blueprint um so I'll give you the link to that but those are really like where I'd send people um for right now because you know, I'm like, let's, let's get you to make more money. And I know you help people make more money. So um, I think it'll just be a compliment to what they're getting on this podcast and and what they're getting inside of your programs as well.
0: Right. And who's your ideal client? Like if somebody's like, Nikki, I loved everything you said today, I really want to work with you. Like what would be their next
1: steps? Yeah. So full transparency, I, um, because of the way my business is done, um, I work with businesses that are doing like $50 million in revenue down to who's just getting started. So my my target audience is slightly different, but it's like the majority of people are, are in the um, earlier stage. The The main thing that I have for folks that are in earlier stages, this is really for um, specifically for coaches that are doing under six figures. Um, it, I just have an accelerator. It's called the Market Your Genius Accelerator. It is... Um, it's three parts. It's curriculum. Um, I do two group coaching calls a month with everybody in it or Q&A calls. Um, and then there's a community. Um, it, for folks that want more one-on-one support at that stage, I do not offer it. It's really just in the accelerator container. Um, so those are, that's who the accelerators for. And that's actually primarily what I'm marketing and selling this year. Um, I do help folks that are further along, um, but I, I do that in um, like, one on one strategy days or in consulting with my business partner, so um, I typically do those through word of mouth or just connecting with folks. so I would say the accelerator is the is the main jam for twenty twenty
0: four I love it. oh, thank you so much for coming on like I said like I feel i I've known you now for probably almost a couple years. You might not remember me, but like we we were in a a group coaching container I don't know two or three years ago. I can't remember, but like it was a while back it was I think it was, it was right when your book came out. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I was like, it's 2020 or 2021. Yeah, Um, because it was when my book, I think it was 2021. when my I bought your book. I remember like we were like, I
0: was like, where's the link? I'm buying it right now. (laughs) And I literally bought it. Um, But yeah, like I, yeah, I just, I think very highly of you and your podcast is so great. And I think if you listen to my podcast, you're definitely going to love her podcast. Very similar, a very similar vibe. So make sure you guys go follow her. Make sure you listen to her podcast. Buy her book. Do it all. Do all the things. She's amazing. So thank you so, so much. Such an honor for you you to be on my podcast.
1: Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Coach Podcast
0: today. A couple favors before you go. If you found this episode helpful, please take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Most importantly, don't forget to tag me at Allison Henderson underscore coach. That's A-L-L-I-S-O-N Henderson underscore coach. And lastly, please take a minute to rate this episode and leave a raving review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to listen.